Spreaders, and welcome to The Spread. I am broadcasting live from Miami. Can you guys tell the difference and the hype in my voice? Because I am so hype, all the way hype. In Miami, I'm going to be capturing all sorts of audio because I am currently here for Exotica. For those of you who don't know what Exotica is, I'm just going to ask you to sneak into the comment section or the description box, and I've added a link to the Exotica page so that you can find out what exactly it's about. Of course, I'm experiencing all of this with Jet Setting Jasmine in the his house. So just before we get into today's episode, I want you guys to know... If you want to be part of the Spreaders movement, be sure to subscribe to us on all of our podcast portals so that you can be the first to listen to the spread when it comes out. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And of course, you can follow us on all of our social media. We're at The Spread Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And please be a dear and leave us a review on our Apple Podcasts app as well. It does so well for us to be at the top of the charts. And we are at the top of the charts because of you. Back to the spread. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Jet Setting Jasmine. If you've been an avid follower of our previous podcast episodes, you will remember that I did two episodes with them. One was A Day in the Life of a Porn Star and All About Squirting. My experience with Jet Setting Jasmine has been an amazing journey. And I am so grateful for the ability to listen to my gut, which eventually led to my meeting them. I'm like the little Kenyan stalker that they decided to keep. So anyway, through this connection, I've been able to meet so many people online, including sex goddess Parrish Blair. Now, before recording this interview, the only thing that I knew about Parrish was that she uses masturbation as a form of manifesting the things in her life. I'd like for you to come blank and with an open mind to this interview so that you can learn with me the fascinating things that happened in her life that led her on her path of spiritual awakening through her sexuality. Some of the things we touch on, no pun, are masturbation and manifestation, inner guidance and blowjobs, dreams actually coming true, and a whole array of mind-blowing discoveries. So I ask you guys for real, sit back, relax, enjoy this thought-provoking episode of The Spread. Expose yourself to me too Because I want your love Will you give me love? Make my dream a reality Because I know I'm not going Ladies and gentlemen, our very super special sexy guest for today is Parrish Blair. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, then you will know her as at Parrish Blair TV, correct? That's right. And I'm so happy to meet you. I'm so happy to meet you too. And we met today. And actually, Jasmine did tell me that you and I would have a lot in common. She said, you and Parrish will we'll get along yeah. <laughs> pretty well. So Parrish is one of the sisters of sexuality. If you do follow either myself or Jasmine on Instagram, then you'll know it's a collective of women who are just... Standing in our truth, supporting each other on our sexy journeys and whatever our missions are. And I'm, I think I'm going to meet every one of you while I'm here, like over the next couple of weeks. Wonderful. Will you meet Tiffany? I think except Tiffany. Okay. Yeah. You'll see all of us then. Yeah. Um, is there a reason why Tiffany's not going to be? I, I know she has a, uh, maybe a conflicting traveling schedule 
for now, but we're all meet up in Atlanta in September. Mm-hmm. I, I won't be here, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll channel her good energy. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. please. Um, Parish. so let's just start from the beginning. Okay. Like, everybody wants to know who you are and who's what, everybody. All the people who sit in my head. <laughs> <laughs> It's like there's a board. Okay, I, I can relate. <laughs> and wants to know who you are and what it is you do and why you're here with me today and why the podcast has chosen you. Wonderful. Well, um, my name is Parish Michelle Blair. Right now I'm focused on two names, Parish Blair. Um, as uh, uh, Cass said, you can find me on, on Parish Blair TV on Instagram. And I have a Parish Blair t- TV page on Facebook. And there... You can see what I've been posting for like since 2014, um, really towards the end of 2014, I pretty much started talking about how I masturbate. You know, I masturbate a lot and I talk about it. <laughs> That's what I do. What made you uh, feel like it's something that you needed to talk about? Oh, that's that's pre- uh, more of a long story. Um, that That came after I had this really powerful spiritual experience when I died and came back to life in 2010 I started following this inner guidance that gut feeling you know when your gut tells you to do something yeah it's my religion whenever it tells me to do something I do it and oftentimes it's things that I'm not comfortable with I don't understand why I'm doing it but whenever I do it synchronicity will happen and let me know that can't be a coincidence I wasn't going to do that or I wasn't going to wear that color and my inner guidance you know moves me and all the sisters of sexuality have gotten a glimpse of it and um and it's great because i've i've uh, for a while i lived in 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 my mind with my own board <laughs> and so i was thinking okay am i needing to go to the happy hotel because it seems like there's a voice that's telling me to masturbate in key situations where normally i would be trying to figure out a master plan and being proactive it tells me to go get a peanut butter cookie and masturbate and take a nap and when I'd follow it, I'd wake and up that and the order. answer would be there. Exactly in that order. <laughs> <laughs> exactly in that order. I didn't know that you had an almost death experience. Or Could oh, you wow. please tell me what that is or what happened? <clears throat> I know earlier today we had this conversation where I, I ended up telling you that I believe that everything in my life is reflecting me. And all the people are me. And um, what I experienced was my life reflecting my reflecting back to me through my womb I went and got a woman's visit in 2010 and they messaged me back or called me back the very next day and told me that I needed to get in for an emergency blood transfusion and hysterectomy that the labs came back and that I have no blood in my body I'd been bleeding so heavily during my cycles and I wasn't necessarily ignoring it but the holistic approaches that I took were a little bit too late and I was bleeding to death and I went in, I had four, I had three, um, blood transfusions and they were going to give me a fourth one, but it was, they had to move quickly to just get my uterus out. So I had an emergency hysterectomy and then there was internal bleeding after that and I had to go back to the hospital in a short period of time to get another surgery. And then on the third surgery where they still hadn't identified where the, um, all of the blood source was from the internal bleeding after the hysterectomy, I had a death experience where I was outside of my body. There was a tube down my throat. I couldn't talk. I, I saw my kids on my right 
side and my husband I was married to on my left side and he was on the phone talking and my kids were my little youngest son that you saw he was like maybe five I think four or five no five or six and he was picking his nose and my other kids were a little bit way younger than they are now and they were trying to tell him don't touch them and I was I could feel like I could tell them stop be quiet and they but they couldn't hear me and I was looking at my body for a long time and I, I looked so real it disoriented me because I'm thinking I'm real and mm. but I was like but where are my eyes how can I see myself like I kept thinking is this a dream and if so I need to wake up because of how am I looking at myself and then as soon as I answered that question I was a part of everything I was a, a particle with cool air racing around me and I was a part of all of these other particles I don't know how to explain it um, I'm just using human words to you know, explain an experience I can't really understand. But I knew all of this is expanding and moving and feeling so beautiful and blissful. It's moving to a place where there's no boundaries. Like I'm just going to keep stretching out. Like I'm a part of all these particles and I kept feeling like I can feel there's nothing that's going to bounce me back. And so I knew consciously that I wasn't through loving my kids and I went back to my body and this, I just had a, I didn't see the presence of Jesus Christ or any of the things that some people say that they see. I just got information. It told me the reason why you're dying is because you love everyone else before you love yourself. You're too busy building everyone else's dreams instead of your own. Um, you, you're given inner guidance, but you second guess it every time. And that I'm being inspired to create these things in my life. Nothing like what I'm doing now, but back then, the, the inspirations that I were I was getting are a part of me. And since I wouldn't create them, my womb, you know, gave out. And so I just asked if I could get back in my body and live, live longer to love my kids. And I knew that that was the right way in my gut, but I didn't feel like I had permission. Back then I was, I was you know, well, when I, when I had the experience, I was no longer a part of this, but the majority of my life I was religious. I was doing what you know, my religion told me to do what my mom told me to do what my husband told me to do. I thought it was more important to be a good person based on how you treat others. That's what I was taught in religion. And then, you know, the, the source of everything, which I never saw, which I'm assuming is me, or I don't know. I don't, honestly, I really don't know the answers to that, but it basically gave me permission to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And don't, don't, without asking permission, without being apologetic and all the things I really want to do are for other people, but on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back in my body, I explained it to my family and my friends, what I went through after I could talk again, because the tube made it hard for me to talk. But I'd say 80% of Like everybody. your throat. Sorry. Yeah, because it was, you know, I had that all the way down my throat into my stomach yeah. for um, several days. And um, so I wrote it out to my husband and I talked about it to, with my mom and just different friends as, as I started to feel well. And 80% of them, they tell me now thought I was crazy, you know, because I went through something really traumatic and I was a little bit, you know, into metaphysical stuff anyway. So they didn't really take it serious until my life started to, you know, really demonstrate in dramatic ways like, okay, she's not joking. She's really following this gut thing and it's telling her to do this. So the first thing that I feel that moved everything for me is when I started being guided to do things differently sexually than I did before I had this death experience. And it, it just, it was uh, something that 
you know, I, I now it's just a part of me back then. I kept thinking, hmm, this is weird. Oh, this is, why would God, because I, I, I still felt like a little piece of God was still in the sky or something. Now I know for me, God is within me. Absolutely. So I kept thinking, why is God guiding me to do so many sexual things different? You know, like I can understand. Specifically. Well, um, well, it first started out with me making love to my husband. Every time I was on top, it guided me to channel in different colors in my mind. Like hmm. none of them correlated to chakras or anything like that. It was just telling me to think of all these powerful colors. And I would do that. And it would, if my husband's stomach was hurting him or his knees were bothering him from a, um, a sports injury that he had a long time ago or our finances were off, it would tell me to think positive thoughts about those situations and breathe a certain way and think about colors. And I would notice little by little things are getting better, but I was kind of thinking, eh, it's a coincidence. You know, mm-hmm. like I know I was thinking that, but I don't think, you mm-hmm. know, having sex with my husband and thinking positive made it better. And I'm definitely not going to tell him that cause he'll make fun of me. Mm-hmm. But one time I was thinking what, you know, I was given these thoughts to think about while I was making love to him. And then instead of just one color isolated, it told me to think of the whole rainbow and breathe very aggressively. And when I did, you know, my uh, ex-husband's eyes were closed when, when we were making love and everything. But I remember thinking, I'm floating. This feels so amazing. It's so, you know, orgasmic. And it was, but I was floating because he pushed me off of him. And he was like, what the hell are you doing with your pussy? And I was like, you could feel that? Because I'd never told him. And then he looked terrified. He was like, what are you doing with your pussy? And I was like, it's like God is telling me to think of these colors. And he cut me off. I never even got a chance to tell him the story, even to this day. And he was like, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. I want to have sex the way I'm used to having sex. And I don't want any of that. What were you doing with your pussy? Or what was your pussy doing? I was making love to him. And I was thinking the thoughts I I was telling you I was guided to think. But I really can't tell you what he felt because he never never told me. You know, I know mm. I felt what I feel now. I feel this intense <clears throat> burst of energy that's coming from a source within me. Not that the person put there, it was already there. And then they're able to physically touch it or their energy expands it and I can feel it and they can feel the, the ripple effect of that. But, you know, I wanted to know exactly what he felt because he's the first experience I ever had, but he doesn't, you know, well, we don't even talk about those kind of things anymore, but back then he didn't want to talk about it. So then I changed it. And then I went from being guided to connect with him with this new spiritual breathing or whatever it was telling me to do and do it through masturbation. And so we would have, we had a really healthy sex life. Um, he helped me, he taught me how to masturbate. Um, just maybe about 15 years ago, I learned how to masturbate. And, you know, very adventurous lover, and I had no complaints, and we would have sex for like two or three hours, and then he would go to sleep, and he'd wake up like four hours later, and I'd be masturbating, and he was highly offended and thinking, you know, you came back to life, not, you know, you got these pussy powers, and I, he's 10 years older than I am, so he's thinking, you know, I'm, 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 he's not giving me enough. Did he feel it, like he was losing his yeah, power? Yeah, but I kept well. telling him, you could look in my journal. I'm writing because he thought I was fantasizing about other people. And I'm like, no, I'm thinking about our goals. And I'm thinking about, you know, our finances. And, you know, now that's regular for me. But back there, then, I could see how he's thinking, what? You know, like, why would you be thinking about those things when you're masturbating? Because mm-hmm. that's what people write into me about now. They're, they're excited to see me do the demonstrations that I do because they're, it's not that they doubt me because they can see I'm, I'm really doing this, mm. but how do you connect your vision board 
with your <clears throat> with your prayers and rub on your clit at the same time or stroke your dick at the same time and you know in those situations judgment comes up and so for me my judgment was reflecting back to me through my husband I was so fascinated by it I wasn't going to stop but I was definitely thinking some of the same things he said mm. you know so I believe that whatever feedback you're getting sexually in your life is your own thoughts you know or, or, or a version of how you're feeling that matches it so I was already looking into Abraham. Are you familiar with Abraham no, Hicks? No. Oh, yes, yeah. I am. I, I'd already been, you know, listening and watching them for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So that was like, that was my only like holding on. You know, mm -hmm. like I felt like I just want to give up. He thinks I'm the devil. Mm -hmm. And my whole, like, why was I brought back to life for my husband to judge me and for my, he's threatening to divorce me if I don't stop this, but I promise God I won't do like I used to do when I was w religious and do what other people told me. So it was like I came back to life to live to what I felt was a nightmare. Like, I'm not prepared to be divorced. I don't want to be divorced. I, I, why is this so difficult? And it was very sad for me. And I was kind of not resentful of the experience, but I just didn't understand how the pieces were fitting together. And through my journey of continuing on and just listening to Abraham, which again, I brought them up to say, whatever you're going through, financial, health, um, spiritual, whatever it is that you're going through, you can put in divorce, Abraham Hicks. You can put in sinuses, Abraham. You can put in dimension jumping, Abraham Hicks. And there's so many thousands and thousands of conversations they've had over the decades when they take these cruises and this higher consciousness channels to people how to stay in alignment with what you want and and it's so important because I I I was able to compassionately deconstruct that relationship because I was listening to Abraham it was showing me everything's a vibrational match it's not that oh my gosh I'm so great and he's being an asshole it's mm. like I'm vibrating with him so if I think I'm great then he can't be an asshole mm -hmm. or we're both assholes mm -hmm. or one of the two <laughs> but we're both That's the same powerful yeah and so even to this day, whenever I think of him, I just think of him with gratitude. But when I was going through it, I was, you know, he accused me of things that I wasn't doing. I felt, you know, devalued and a lot of things. But because I practice feeling we're one, that's how I felt anyway. You know, he was evoking. The I guess when you when you allow somebody to make you feel a certain way, it's more about you than it is about them. If they're if the allowing is involved, that's fine. But somebody, I mean, and, and you know, I guess there's an allowing whether they're engaged with you or not. But mm. more than that, I felt that if he's if he's making me feel a certain way, he didn't put those feelings there as a mirror. He's helping me see that's inside of me. You know, like you can look in a mirror and go, you know, there's something on my lip, and you wipe it off and you mm -hmm. keep going. You don't mm -hmm. get mad at the mirror. Yeah. He's the mirror, you know? So when I saw looking into this mirror and this new me, number one, who the hell are you to start saying you're having these great experiences without me? Because he taught me how to masturbate. He was like a, a, a key to this new sexuality for me when I first met him. So it was like a, a part of me growing into a space that I could only validate. Nobody can validate for me. And the first thing that comes up is judgment and doubt. And I was already feeling that way, but he reflected it back to me and, you know, just other things. And then when I started finding lovers that were fascinated and supportive and adventurous with me, that's because I kind of, I, you know, rose above the, the, the turbulence of doubt and judgment into comfort and, you know, and 
inquisitiveness and not worrying about what people are thinking, just being myself and drawing the people who want that. And that's what's really helped me. I, I would like to be very transparent when I'm talking to people, and I always am, because I had a journey, an unexpected journey into the land of Oz. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened I came into this land of sex goddesses that, you know, w- welcomed me and with, you know, open arms and all of this warm support. But that's not where I was operating in my life. That's not where I thought I was going. I was a producer. I was producing content for other TV, uh, other television programs and helping people trans uh, transition or, or transform their books into movies. I was, I was working wow. on all these other people's projects as line um, producer and delving into a world of production because that's what fascinated me and I'm an artist and my parents are artists but my new expression was through this content that I wanted to create that inspires people to live their dreams by following other people's life journey stories and how they were able to go through success steps well after this death experience and my husband leaving me and everything and and this constant masturbation I was being guided to do I vibrated the only people I vibrate at that point with are sex goddesses. Yeah. So I did nothing. I'm telling you guys, I did nothing 90% of the time. Stay in my apartment with my son, my youngest son, um, and he's homeschooled. And I, I taught him. I, you know, dealt with a little bit of depression because I didn't understand why did I die and come back to life. And then my husband leaves me and doesn't believe me. Mm. And then a depression of finances, all kinds of things. But all I did was masturbate and listen to Abraham. And I used to be ashamed to tell people that. And still today, when I'm not on tour, mm. I'm masturbating and taking naps. That's all I do. And then I go onto Facebook. That kind of sounds like the dream. Right. And then I I go to Facebook. That's my portal that I bring things into. I didn't create that. I didn't even know what Facebook was. It just mm-hmm. something told me to go on Facebook and talk about these things I do. So basically what I, I do and did back then is, not knowing I was doing that back then, is I transmuted negative feelings through this breathing exercise that I, I do and these positive thoughts that I experience or, or, or um, practice experiencing in my now moment in my body. But something outside of me was telling me to do this. And I've done it so long now since religiously, I've done it since 2012. Um, and so now that's going on seven years Mm -hmm. it's a lifestyle I mean I I don't know how to not do it and I know when I'm getting off the wagon because I just you know like you just know when it's something you brush your teeth or Mm -hmm. take a bath it's just a part of you and so I like to tell people when they're when they're listening and they're feeling inspired by sex goddesses or the sex manifesting conversation just get started you know and the people to follow in my opinion because I needed to figure out What's going on? How is this happening to me? There was all these scientific, uh, you know, philosophies out there, but there was nobody saying, all right, it's Tuesday. I'm manifesting this. I'm putting this intention out there. I'll check back in with you on Wednesday and show you how it happened. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to see. So since I didn't see that, that's who I've become. So the people that follow me, you can see that this isn't like something I'm playing around with. This is the only thing I've been talking about since 2014, mm-hmm. even when I didn't even understand it. And just because there's all that information out there doesn't mean I fully understand my own personal experience. That's just the, you know, the nuts and bolts behind what, you know, what people are interpreting. But I believe I'm talking to God in my orgasm. I feel like that feeling of when I pray or that feeling of when I'm 
in a space where when I'm I'm writing or, or drawing or you're just channeling stuff like mm-hmm. you're you're not even thinking about mm-hmm. it. It's a f- like a form of meditation. Exactly, and so I don't see God as a man in the sky. I see God as source energy, and so because my mom and my father had sex, and then I became. I'm made of sex. I yeah. am sex. So the easiest way for me to channel source where it's everything comes that. into the planet is through my orgasm. Mm. And that's what slowly this energy started explaining to me while I was masturbating. It was explaining and talking to me and downloading on me. And then I'd take these long naps and then I'd wake up with all these answers and I'd be talking to producers and they're like, how do you know that? And I'm mm. like, and I, it told me, I would, and I have to show you too, this finger thing I do to know who do I say these things and who don't I say these things to. And I, it would tell me to be honest with the people I'm going to work with and tell them that something outside of me or something, not outside of me, but, you know, something outside of my own thoughts is guiding me to think this way. And so I'm, I'm you know, basically masturbating and channeling information. And the producers would go, okay, so let's just figure out our dates for pre-production. <laughs> and, you know, they now they're like, they don't still don't understand, but they, they're like, wow, they remember me when I didn't know what the heck was going on and I was just trying to figure it out. And now they see, you know, for them, they're like, I'm manifesting too. I'm practicing too because, you know, it's free information. It's you. It's your birthright. It's your sexuality. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And, um, but that's all I was expecting, like story, uh, questions in between. I didn't mean to go off, but <laughs> no, that, that's really that's the fine. story. It's a story of me coming back to life and promising that I would do these three things constantly throughout my life. Love myself first, follow my inner guidance, and create whatever I'm being inspired to create, no matter what it is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are dying to live in their truth. So um, we had had the conversation earlier about, you know, if you're true to yourself, then you find your tribe or people will always follow you if they think that whatever it is you're doing is authentic and they feel that somehow it's helpful to them and them living their truth as well. Um, There's something that you had said a little earlier that I just want to bring up. You had said when you had your out-of-body experience, you had said, I felt like I was everywhere or something like that I was a part of everything yeah Mm -hmm. that's what you said I recently overheard somebody speaking I have dreams I have predictive dreams Mm -hmm. uh and sometimes I'm learning I'm learning them slowly but sometimes I can tell when the dream is going to happen Mm -hmm. and sometimes I can tell if it's just a dream and if it means something Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who have uh Recurring dreams. Mm-hmm. I have a recurring dream. It's so strange. I've had it for years. And it's always there's, there's a baby dying. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who has to save the baby in, mm-hmm. in many different forms. Like the baby's drowning, or the ba- but always the baby's dying in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I overheard somebody saying that in, in your dreams, like all of the characters are you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it you who said that? <laughs> I, I, I actually know. don't remember who said that. Yeah, I can't remember. Somebody I, well, was saying I mean, that. If you've listened to my live broadcast, I said that. I don't know if that's where you heard it from, but that, that I was smiling when you said that because it's like, oh, okay. Like the, the, the infantile things about your journey that you're ready to grow from, like that's, that's gone. You know, that's your, you have no choice but to, you know, let live, it go. Yeah, li- live in the evolution of who you are, mm-hmm. and you are the only one. 
you know, and maybe the perception in that, you know, the other thing too, that I was going to say about dreams that I had a really positive, um, connection with, a, a dream interpreter, Dwayne Mooney. He works very closely with sex goddesses. Yeah. I saw him on somebody else's Instagram page and then I followed him. Okay. I can't remember who's. Yeah. I've done some live broadcasts with him recently mm-hmm. and, um, really great conversations and, uh, we manifest together. Um, he's one of my manifesting partners. But he helps me a lot in dream interpretation or has earlier this year and now been quite independent in understanding my dreams because he made it very simple. Everything is representing you. So when you understand the different components of who you are, whatever's happening in that dream is happening probably somewhere in your life. You just mm-hmm. can't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, a great thing. I had a I had a baby dream last year when I was in or earlier this year when I was in Hawaii about um, peeing out a baby and it had a captain, uh, I think a captain America onesie on. And my mom kept making me look at the baby and the baby died and it was weirdness. And then I went on Facebook of all places and I was like, I just had the creepiest <laughs> dream ever. Somebody please interpret this. Cause I don't mm-hmm. even want to start my day unless I figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. But then when I realized it's all reflecting me, that takes a, it demystifies it for me a little bit. And gives me something more tangible. And then also the, any creepy, weird fear, fear that I have, like, I don't want that to come to, um, I don't want that to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I don't really have to give that a lot of energy because I know it's more symbolism, but I do have dreams, you know, like you have dreams that were, it's not that, you know, it's something else. It's something speaking mm. to you from beyond, um, communicating something bigger. with you. Yeah. And, and those dreams are great too. And, and everything is me. And so I, I feel my grandparents come to me a lot, um, in helping manage my journey and change things in our, in our family, emotional DNA by doing it better than they did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then also I have, I have a mentor who actually lives in the physical, but I met him first in my dreams. It was after I died and came back to life. That, and, oh my God. So that's happened to me just once, but I'll, I'll tell you about it in a little bit. Go ahead. Well, when I was healing after that death experience, some supernatural things started happening and my husband didn't really believe me. And surprisingly, I wasn't frightened because I always thought I'd be frightened of things like that. But it was coming through my youngest son. He has a spirit guide and the spirit guide made itself visible to one of my other sons. And then when I talked to my youngest son about it, because it identified itself to my middle son as my youngest son's spirit guide. And I was like talking to my little son about this. And he was like, yeah, mom, remember when I told you I met you before I was born? That's my spirit guide. And, and then he started telling me these orbs talked to him and, and, all, and I was taking pictures of all these orbs, the same voice that said, even when it's stupid, even when you don't believe, do whatever you're guided to do. And I felt guided every night that I was coming in from my office to put down my briefcase and my laptop and all the things I was carrying and point my camera up at the sky for no reason and take a bunch of pictures and then turn off the camera and put it back in my briefcase and come upstairs and take a shower and eat cooked dinner and live a life. And then it would always remind me before I go to sleep to look at the pictures. And when I would do that, all of these crazy orbs would be in the pictures, but nothing was there. It was just black, nothing, Mm. black sky. And then some of them even had faces and eyes in it. And that's when some of the producers I was working with at the time we're saying you better you're tapping into something that's kind of supernatural. You better be careful because you know maybe you picked up a spirit when mm. you died, and you know they had superstitious. But I didn't mm. feel negative about it. I was just thinking, I didn't see any of that. 
<laughs> you know, so there's this, there's all this stuff happening that we can't see because nothing was there in the sky. Mm-hmm. And so when I showed it to my husband, all he saw was fuzz. He's like, it just looks like the camera's fuzzy to me. He couldn't mm-hmm. see because he's not on that vibration. But when um, my mom was taking care of me when I was healing myself after the death experience, she said that she heard my husband leave to go to work early in the morning like he always did around 4 a.m. But then at about 5 a.m., she heard a deep voice in the bedroom and she heard me talking. And so she was like, I know I heard him leave. There's no TV in there. What? Who's she talking to? Mm-hmm. And so she said she was kind of afraid, so she just opened up the door a little bit. And I heard myself say it, and mm-hmm. I heard my mom say what she said, and I even heard that voice, but I can't remember seeing that person or feeling him in the room or anything. But she heard me say, Mom, shut the door. I'm having a spiritual experience. And I heard myself wow. say that too. So you, it's almost like you had another out-of-body. Right. But I couldn't see. I don't remember seeing anything. But then I had a dream, one of those weird dreams that feel a little bit different than a dream. Like I know it's not a reoccurring dream, but it's a reoccurring feeling of terror and fright that supernatural things are happening. Like the fan will turn on by itself or the door will start to open by itself. Okay. This is like a really good time for me to let my listeners know that the light went out. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about that. And it's dark in the room. (laughs) It went out by itself. (laughs) So like listening to the story and and, like (laughs) looking at you, I'm just just like okay okay but, um, <laughs> yeah but um i had the, this recurring feeling this terror terrifying feeling for a long time in my 20s 30s and 40s and then after this death experience i remember feeling like i was in a room and the curtains were blowing by themselves, and i was like oh great it's getting ready to happen again and the person's going to come out from behind the curtains i gotta start screaming now i'd always plan start screaming now because it takes a long time for your voice to come out for somebody to wake you up like i would uh, consciously know it's one of these dreams again start screaming now i and have those i i was thinking that you were when you said that but um but this time when the person came out no, normally there's never a person I just scream or there's something else happening. Yeah. But a person came out and I, I look right before I was pulled out of the dream because my husband woke me up and said, you're screaming again. You're having a dream again. Yeah. Um, I saw their eyes. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, maybe a year later, I end up meeting the person that was in my dreams and I didn't know it because he was wearing glasses, but he came to my office the next day and he came to have a meeting with me. The day me. after you had the dream? No, no. Th- this was like a year later almost. Oh, okay. That, or maybe not a year, but uh, several months after that dream, th- a, a client of mine who I used to do production and development with, she asked me to be a part of a meeting with this European um, uh, d- producer who wants to take, um, like, like, you know, the soulful type of, of uh, plays that are very popular here and take them back to Europe and switch them up a little bit because he said that he found a, an audience that loves Americana and just thrives on that. And mm-hmm. so he thought this would be a good source, but he had questions. And, and so they wanted me to mediate because they didn't feel confident enough to talk to him. And I did. And, and then he had an interest in me. And I didn't know what it was. It seemed professional, but mixed with personal. And I was married and my husband was threatening to leave me because of all the spiritual stuff that was happening Mm -hmm. or sex and just in general. And so I told him, like, I'm here for my client at this point. If you're interested in my business, you can, here's my card. You can book a a meeting with me. And then he's like, I'd want one tomorrow. Do you have any time tomorrow? And he met me at my office. But when he came to my office, right before he came in, 
I had this vision where I was writing all these things down. And then he, they said, oh, so-and-so is here. And when he came in, he started talking a little bit about what I had written down. But I didn't recognize that at first. I just kept thinking, he's black and he knows about astral projection. I was like, are you talking about astral projection? Because mm. he's like, I've traveled millenniums and gone to different dimensions looking for you. And they said this and that. And I'm thinking... This was his opening? Yeah, in my office. But I didn't... It was kind of going over my head until this happened. Mm -hmm. He was saying, and now I found you. And he's like, and, I, and I'm just elated that you're so well-developed and, you know, ready to, you know, go on all this journey with me. And then he wow. took his glasses off. As soon as he took his glasses <gasps> off, I could, I almost like die. I felt like I was having a heart attack for, uh, out of fear and going to pee on myself and all kinds of stuff. Because I was like... Your, your, your eye, and I kept saying, your eyes, you were in my dream. And he was like, yes, that freaked me out. When he said yes, that's when I was like, oh, please, my come get me. Gosh. You know, like I could not, I couldn't function because I was terrified. And then he basically started telling me that um, he's a spiritual being having a physical experience. And he channeled into his, into this physical body lots of times. And he's died lots of times. And he did this screening all over my entire body. He did this whole scan with his eyes and, and said, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, you went through what you went through, but we're going to heal all that and bring your energy through that. And I'm like, trusting this man that I don't even know. The only reason why I was doing it is number one, I'm terrified of him. I don't know if he's going to kill me because mm -hmm. this, I know is supernatural because I, I know that's the eyes that was in my dream. And he responded mm -hmm. like he knows. Mm -hmm. And then he's doing these weird things to me while I'm sitting in a chair and but I know him through somebody. Like mm -hmm. I know this woman. She's a regular person. So if we can both see him, then something is very... It was like the only thing that was not making me freak out and run out the door because I was trying to think, like, I met him. She sees him. So it's not like he's a ghost, but mm -hmm. he's something that's different or he's a kind of being or person who has some special powers because... You know, and then we, as we got to know each other, he basically said, I found you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach you how to manifest and I'm going to help you change the number one thing that's, you know, uh, destroying your journey. And he basically said, I curse my own blessings with my mouth. And he taught me how to use my mouth in a different oh, wow. way. And he did supernatural conjurings. And I had dinner parties for full moon ceremonies and new moon ceremonies. And I introduced friends to him. And some friends say, oh, I know him. He knows how to, you know, transform himself into all these kind of, you know, body forms and all that kind of like he has a reputation in the spiritual community and I'm like I don't know him like that he just showed up in my life and he's teaching me how to manifest I never say his name anymore because as soon as I do he comes back okay. but he's one of my most powerful manifesting teachers because he showed me how things turn come into the world with just your words like it's not there. Like you can say green apple. Like I was afraid to see it because I was like, oh my God, I don't want to see anything supernatural. I don't want to see anything supernatural. Mm. But he was like, you know, I can show you. And he was trying to show me how, think of the apple, think of something that you really, really want, that mm -hmm. you really have a taste for. And I, there's nothing I want. He goes, well, what fruit do you have the most connection with? And I was like, green apple. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, think of the color, feel the shape, taste the sourness, feel yourself biting into it you know, fill the juice and everything. And an apple appeared, mm -hmm. totally freaked me out. But he was showing me that that's how powerful it is if you believe it. And he's a different type of manifesting partner. I can't, I haven't been able to manifest so far with someone making things disappear in thin air like I did with him. 
um, because he was mainly doing the heavy lifting. I was learning. Mm -hmm. But what he has taught me is when I do my central synergy work, where I'm teaching people how to think of an intention, start breathing and imagine you already have it in the now moment and get your senses involved. I go back to some of the same things he taught me. It's about what you feel, what you taste, what you see, what you hear and making it real in the now moment and then claiming it. The thing that broke us up as manifesting partners is he wanted to possess the sex mm-hmm. and and possess me as as his queen. And I knew, well, first of all, I'm not even divorced from my husband. And this is not a romantic relationship for me. You're my mentor. And once I was divorced from my husband, he resurfaced back in my life because I didn't know the power of calling him in with his name. And then he did work with me sexually, but he didn't do it in the way that I'm doing it now. He was basically showing me how... Um, powerful my sexuality is with men these intuitions that I was having and and um, that the um, you know just all of the inspiration that I had to do the things I was doing you know were real and they were they should be validated and um, and so I, I'm just happy to have the uh, platform to talk about this in, in a way that feels authentic I, I remember when I first started talking People wanted me to have the mic, but they wanted me to leave things out, you know, that uh, not everybody can handle that conversation. Mm. But that was when I was probably judging it, too. Now I'm at the height of non-judgment of myself. Yeah. You know, and so now I'm, I'm vibrating with platforms that let me speak my, my Absolutely. truth. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why you're here. Right. Um, you had also said a little bit earlier that people come to watch you. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I am... On my second year of uh, starting my uh, second year of the presentation that I'm giving internationally, uh, look at what my pussy can do. And I love it. <laughs> and uh, that is a an intimate conversation and demonstration of this whole experience that I'm talking about when it comes to how I connect these steps together to harmonize my sensuality, sexuality, and spirituality to manifest whatever intention I have in 48 hours or less. And uh, when people are in the audience, there are spontaneous healings. Men who've had back pain. Um, I remember one of my most dramatic uh, experiences is when a man came to me after sitting during this um, presentation and demonstration. And the whole time I was sitting in this huge, huge, huge bed with um, I think eight couples, like 16 people surrounding me. I'm in the middle and I'm doing this discourse and demonstration and I can look at everyone and I see one of the women that showed up her husband is just laying on the bed looking straight up at the sky so I'm thinking you know he's wonderful to show up but he's checking out and just listening because this isn't for him Mm -hmm. but later on he came up to me and said that that was the most powerful powerful impacting experience he's ever had and I was like okay (laughs) like how how so and he said I was practicing the breathing exercises when you were saying it and how to manifest, you know, whatever it is you want. And I just wanted to feel my body well again. And uh, my leg, I was in a horrible accident and my leg was almost amputated and I've been in pain for 10 years and it immediately went away. That's like incredible. I've tried pain pills. I've tried everything. Mm. And he's like, I don't even need to use my cane. And so I was like, oh my goodness. And another man walked in who had a spontaneous healing from just the, the, breathing exercises I did earlier that day and talking to people about how to manifest something better and have peace in your relationships when 
you know, they're missing, you know, and how to get into your breath and in your body so that you don't think the thoughts of what you're mad at. You can just feel the love you want to feel for them. Mm -hmm. And he said he practiced it and his pain in his back went away. So he went, he came specifically to my seminar so that he could tell everybody before it started. He didn't even sit through everything and it started working and just different situations where groups of people come in an intimate experience with me and watch me go through the steps. And as they're making their self uh, open and available to this God energy that I access, it heals them in the room. Can you like describe the s steps? There's the setting the intention. There is an uh, illuminating breath where you're changing the way that you are made to match what you want. If you have the power to believe and you have the practice of, of believing the idea that you can claim whatever you want over any element, you know, so if I'm breathing, I'm going to decide what that breath is going to do for me. And I decide I'm breathing in love and light. And that love and light is going to every cell in my body, making me a match for what I'm practicing as an intention having right now in the moment. Lots of times I'm not a match. What comes up is doubt, fear, worry, anger, anger, mm -hmm. confused thoughts, distractions. Did I leave the dryer on? Things mm -hmm. that don't even matter. But those are, that's still a sign. You know, distractions are keeping me from what I want. So as I'm breathing and I'm taking in that breath, I'm trying to get a location of where's the distraction. Is it in my mind? Am I feeling it in my chest? I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling resentment. Is it in my stomach? Where is it? Because then I send love and light to that part of my body. And then I let the feeling go and I honor the feeling like an alarm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go through this house busting up all the alarms because I can't stand that sound mm -hmm. that they make. I want to make sure the batteries in there, they're operating. So if they need to go off, they'll help me stay alive. Mm -hmm. And so I see that fear, anger, anxiety often are alarms that are there to let me know where I'm at a different ascension in a different dimension. And yes, I last week, I was great with fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, all of that. But this week I've manifested something completely different. Literally, mm. sometimes it's yesterday and now it's today. But I'm always manifesting things. So now I'm at a new dimension. Well, I got to be a match. There's fear. You know, when I when when I have no relationship, then I have a relationship. Sometimes mm. I'm releasing because I'm more of a match for practicing not having a relationship than this new vibration that I've started practicing where it's manifested. So I have to release anything that doesn't serve this new experience so I can stay in alignment with what I really, you know, want to experience. So it's, you know, long term without the negative feelings involved. So that's the process of the breathing, being in an alignment with the breath and, and practicing, you know, having it right now in the now moment, not what it's going to look like in the future. Okay. And in this demonstration room, like, I, I also just want the listeners to picture what it looks like. Is there always a bit? Mm, the very first time I did this, I uh, was at a sexual retreat, a sacred sexual retreat in Atlanta, and I was on a massage table. And there were, it was a room full of 40 people sitting in a semicircle. And I talked about the journey that I went through and why I'm feeling guided to do this. And when I got into the actual work, People uh, and couples, sometimes uh, individuals, came up to the right side of the table and whispered in my ear what they wanted to manifest, and I would have an orgasm manifesting that with them and for them. They were just standing there, you know, watching me. Is there any body contact? 
I let people know that they can't, they're well, I don't, I, my preference is everybody come close because okay. if not, I feel like a spectacle and I feel already very vulnerable. Yeah. So when people are close that I've built through conversation, I can see eye contact. Sometimes people are emotional men and women when I'm only talking about my experience. And then when we come close, I feel like we're, you know, I feel comforted. And then when I'm being sexual, I explain to them, I've only learned how to masturbate 15 years ago. And a man taught me and he taught me by giving me lots of toys that stimulated my clit because I didn't know how to come clitorally. Mm. And, um, and I struggled with it. I was struggling with doubt. I was struggling with guilt. I was struggling with all these feelings while I was learning how to masturbate. And I kind of trained myself to come a certain way, but it's okay to be vulnerable and show that to a lover but just people buying a ticket, it feels very uncomfortable. And then people laugh, some people laugh, some people smile, and some people comfort mm. me and say, "You're beautiful. Don't worry about that." And but you I have let to deal know. with all I feel this. Like I'm having a seizure, and you're watching me naked, you know, because yeah. I don't, you know, I, I make faces when I'm masturbating, and you know, it's just I'm very vulnerable. And so, while I'm going through the exercise of the breath and the intention and all of that, I transition into getting my, my senses involved and there's certain steps that I do that while I'm talking to the audience so that they can assist in doing with me. And then once I conjure up the feeling that this is real, this is happening, the intention I have is not far-fetched, this is very real, I feel it real in my body right now, then automatically because of so many years, I say a prayer of gratitude because I already experienced it, I already have it. You know, and now I match that vibration of having it and get up in my life and live a manifesting lifestyle like it's there already. Mm -hmm. and, and so when people are in the room with me, it's a I know I, I initially thought, well, I don't want people just feeling like they can use me as a sex object. Cause I imagine people wanting to jack off on top of me or mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen in the swinger environment. I did it in the sacred, sacred sexual retreat, but I kind of thought that's sacred. And this is wrong. What's raunchy. the sacred sexual <laughs> retreat called? <clears throat> sacred sexual retreat. It oh. was, it was a, back in 2015. Oh, okay. 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 Ago. And it's for specific people. Not necessarily. That was just my interpretation back then. It's okay. for, you know, people looking for a space that's sacred to be sexual. Okay. You know, um, and sometimes the people that have had trauma, you know, and or whatever healing that's necessary. And there were several different um, healers at that retreat that specialize in what they do. And I was the new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were watching me in social media that were there. And they felt like I was bringing value because people were trying to understand what is this thing that she's doing about this masturbating. Mm -hmm. um, now, when I was in, invited to follow Organic Lovin' as my sponsor, being involved with those highly sexually charged people, I had judgment mm -hmm. because I thought, you know, where that was sacred and people wanted to learn. I don't know why I thought these people just want to use me as a sex object and jack off on me or something. Um, but when I got into the environment, I started learning the people and why they go to these workshops and the kind of value it brings. And I saw, wow, this is beautiful. This is going to be beautiful. They don't look at it like I thought it would, they would. But then it was very intimate and vulnerable, you know, even more so than the sacred sexual retreat. Because those people in the sacred sexual retreat oftentimes have pain and they're healing and they're going through the journey of the healing. When I'm in the swinger environment, there may be some healing there, but they're already on their own powerful healing, even if they're not aware of what they're doing because they're giving themselves permission to have all the sex they want. Yeah. You know, they're giving themselves permission to be honest with their mate. So it's a different frequency. It's like six of one, half a dozen the other. N neither one is more spiritual mm. than the other. 
you know, and very empowering for power. It's very empowering for me to be able to go in and out of both realities seamlessly because I'm just standing in my truth talking about this experience that both groups want to learn for their own reasons. So the swinger open lifestyle people want to understand all the things they can do with sex. You know, they're excited, you know, they're, and so this new thing, wait a minute, it helps with finances it mm -hmm. helps with your health. What is that about? And, um, and so there's tantric healers and all of those types of people available, but my conversation's a little bit different because I don't really belong in a, I don't have a clique per se outside of the sisters of sexuality. So my language is not probably sacred sexual friendly because I like to say pussy and yoni is usually the more, you know, sacred for sure. term for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just a, you know, I'm a free-flowing spirit that just got here accidentally, honestly. And so I don't want to lose that and start fitting into something to make other people feel good. Yeah. That's, you, that was my old behavior. Yeah. Do you feel like if it hadn't been for your near-death experience that none of this would have happened? Absolutely. I, I do. But then do you, do you I remember think maybe it would have happened another distinct, way. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Was there a distinct, like, um, change that after the near-death experience that you were feeling things that you had n absolutely never even had any kind of intuition of before it was always there yeah it's just that I just Suppressed like that voice it? said no I second-guess myself mm -hmm. I, I get outside validation and if I don't find it then it's like oh well then that must not be a thing mm -hmm. I had a, a male friend he was my closest friend and I remember telling him you know I feel like I feel like masturbation can be like meditation. I remember telling him that way before any of this ever happened. And, and I was like, sometimes I feel like I can set an intention and masturbate. And when I feel like, you know, I'm getting ready to come, I feel like I pray. But back then I was thinking I pray for, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, now I know it's already happening, mm -hmm. you know, and it is already happening. I mean, whatever it is that I want, an essence of that is already in my life. You know, if it was about my tour, that was already in my life. It's just not what my ultimate vision is. So keep giving life to what's there and appreciation for what's there and live on the vibration of already having it the way you want it. And it closes the gap so quickly. Probably self-love is a fast way to get a strong vibration to stay high long enough to connect with what you want. Um, I definitely think eating, you know, feeding your body great, great food and, um, and resting is important. Um, I also feel that having a regular sexual relationship with yourself is very important. I'm glad you said that a lot. I get a lot of questions on my Instagram page from listeners asking about, is it wrong? Is masturbation wrong? How often should I masturbate? How, how much is too much? And I get a lot of those questions. And a lot of the time, I'm just like, you know, just like follow your gut feeling mm -hmm. like whatever instinctually feel, feels right. If it feels unhealthy because you're doing it too much, then maybe you need to cut down and just like really very basic mm -hmm. advice. But I'm glad that you said that. So Taylor Sparks gave um, a live broadcast on Sisters of Sexuality today. And there were certain people, she was talking about how powerful sex goddesses are and how do you know if you know if you're one and and just a really great conversation. And, you know, I put out there, well, what's the difference of a sex goddess and a sex addict? Mm -hmm. You know, because of sexual empowerment and getting all the sex you want. And some women have that like me. If I could work and they weren't offended that I work on my social media while I'm getting great sex, then, you know, I would love to have sex three times a day, every day. 
you know, like even when I'm asleep, have sex with me. It's totally okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I love sex. I like, I, I, it's like, I, I honestly, I feel like I, I, I can't get enough because it's, you know, only mere mortals here, you know, to satisfy me. And I'm not ready to tap into the spiritual realm for that. So I've, <laughs> I've had spiritual sex before. I've had sex in the spiritual world before. My orgasms are mind blowing. I have never had an orgasm in real life the way I have in the spiritual world. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like that sex is... There, I have no words. <laughs> I, 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 um, I've, had, I've had spiritual beings um, introduce herself through my sexuality, but I feel for me... I have my own, and I know in that realm that you're 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 an energy vessel, you know. And I think that's that kind of exchange is always going on, but I just know intuitively. It's nothing that anybody told me just specifically about me. I'm not saying this for the audience, but the reason why I don't dabble in that more is because I want to finish all the work that I'm doing here. I came back to be here in the physical plane. I was already in spiritual. Mm. And I felt a longing for what was undone here. So I believe whatever I focus on, I get. And I focus on being alive and awake in the moment in this dimension of, 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 of ascension. You know, uh, Not that I want to stay in only one dimension, but I'm saying that's why I don't dabble in that realm because I, I wanted to be very clear I want all my resources, you know, available for me to do what I want to do here in the physical and in the spiritual, um, sexuality that I was referencing, it was it, when I was saying be, <clears throat> be sexual with yourself and have a sexual relationship with yourself. One of the things that Taylor, um, touched on, I feel is powerful. It's like, what do you want? What's good for you? What are your boundaries? How much sex do you really, really desire? If you don't ever articulate that, and, you know, let alone explore that you can't, you can't really get angry with any lover selling your, selling you short or not giving you everything you want because you're not even giving yourself what you want. They're matching you. Now, if you're giving yourself every single thing and your standards do not go below that, that's probably the only thing you're going to find. Mm. And, um, and so the masturbation and, you know, what's too much and everything, I feel like God is in the orgasm. God is telling me to masturbate. So you're talking to someone who feels like God's source. I don't see God as a man in the sky, like mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. but God's source communicates with me and is specifically telling me to masturbate. And I ask through inner guidance, um, Cassie, you can see that I put my index finger out strong. Mm-hmm. I put my middle finger on top of it and I put pressure. If mm-hmm. it doesn't, if I'm not able to push it down, that's a yes. If I can't hold it up, that's a no. So after every orgasm, before every orgasm, I ask for inner guidance to, to tell me what's the best thing for me to focus on as my intention. It's less lessons when I follow my inner guidance. But I ask my inner guidance, how, ma- how many orgasms? If it says four, six, you know, 14, you know, 21, however many, I go after it. And, and I enjoy it and I, because I believe God is speaking with me and I'm connecting with God in my orgasm. I have no guilt. And as guilt co- pops up and conflicting ideas about sexuality pop up I heal it with that breath I talked about Mm -hmm. you know healing it with love and light but you know your own thoughts about masturbation are more important than what your mom thinks or your pastor or any of that and no disrespect to any of those people in your life but how can someone else's opinion about your vagina or your penis be more important than your own 
you know, like unplug yourself just for a minute. You're talking to a woman who's been religious. I have no gain. I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, derail anyone off of their spiritual path that they're on, but just ask yourself that question. Like what, how do I feel about blowjobs? Where did that come from? Did someone tell me to think that? Mm -hmm. Did I piece that together from other people's experience or did I put my mouth on a dick and decide these are, this is what I feel about it. And usually it's mixed with a little bit of both or it's all of one. And it's definitely not usually, you know, I put my mouth on a dick and this is what I think. Yeah. It's all these thoughts that you had before you put your mouth on a dick. Now it's mixed with all the controversy you have now that you have that experience. Cause usually it's judgment. It's all these categories that you're put into. If you like that type of, connection you know with a man's body and none of that really matters you know unless you make it matter but yeah. when you realize it does it doesn't matter it's nothing, not nothing has meaning less to the meaning you give you give it right and i used to think well when i was religious oh my goodness and that if you're not about necessarily about oral sex but just like in general if you don't have the boundaries that religious religious um practices put on you then you'll just go crazy, you know, with, you know, sin. And that's not true. I'm a sex goddess. Sex is all around me. Dinglings are hanging out all over the mm. place, you know, pussy everywhere. I could have sex every, just not even on what I do on my tour, mm. w working with swingers, just doing what I do in social media. You know how those jokers are. I'm sure we could have them lined outside of our door if we want. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an abundance of it. So I can, I can, even when there's not, you know, it's taught me that it's always there. You can always tap into it. So, you know, there's, there's no, there's no reason to be, uh, what do you call, um, careless or, or, or thoughtless with my, my, um, sexuality or anything. So it's, I used to think the reason why religion is so, um, uh, valuable is because it keeps us in check, you know, and I've been keeping my own self in check. I, I'm not a deviant person. And even if I am, you know, I'm only deviant with the people that, you know, that's, that's where we bring each other value, you know, not to take anything away from someone who doesn't want, you know, what I want. So I just, I have deprogrammed myself from so much. I'm living my own thoughts. I'm, I'm doing my own thing, my own way. And yet I found my, my tribe. And yet I still find amazing lovers that, appreciate and synergize and value me sharing my body that way and it's effortless like when you stand in your truth and you just be who you are and heal the pain along the way you don't have to do a lot that's what I was saying I don't I wasn't saying that to brag I was just trying to explain this method is so powerful and you can see the seriousness yeah. I like to be silly and, and make people laugh and make myself laugh but I really want it to be known that I do not work really. I, I play. Yeah. I have a playful attitude, even in the work that I do. And I wait for things to manifest in my life instead of going and get it yet. Like I used to, it's like, I'm doing everything on purpose, but I don't know how it's going to manifest. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I say that. yes. Just so you guys know, I'm going to be spending next weekend. We're going to be going to Naughty in New Orleans. I'm going to put a link in the description box below so you guys are aware of it. I'm also going to tag her Instagram page so that you can follow her. And um, hopefully we're going to get a chance, if possible, to record some of the audio from from your session mm -hmm. at Naughty in New Orleans. Will you also bless my pod, my, not my podcast, but my... Your, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
my ad. I'm very happy. I can't, to. <laughs> I can't think. Yeah, of you don't have now. to ask me twice. Your whatever it <laughs> okay, is that you're doing, is, yes, I yes, am yes, happy yes, to okay. do that. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, if you have any questions, please um, feel free to just dive into the DMs or send me an email. You know where to reach me, and I'll be happy to share those with you. If there's something mm-hmm. like I like how um, proactive you are on my social media page. Thank you for including me in the conversations. That yeah, means a lot. I'm glad you like it. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm imposing it on people, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. That I'm always going to tag you because I mean so many of our people need help so and it, you know wherever it comes from I think people just like that kind of guidance so yeah that's pretty much it for now we have Exotica this weekend we have Naughty New Orleans next weekend and it's gonna be lit peace I wanna show you places that I won't let nobody else see I'll let you go inside to the places I wanna hide I don't want nobody else seeing me naked Risk it for you, I want you to take it Cause I know I found something special So I just wanna lay down my body And just expose myself to you, oh baby So lay down your body And just expose yourself to me too Cause I want your love Will you give me love? Make my dream a reality Cause I know I'm not gonna run around Looking for something that's right in front